Welcome to the latest podcast from the Plastic Surgery Journal Club. Each month we review an appraiser journal article, typically from PRS, and summarize it for you in this podcast. The full journal can be obtained from the PRS website. Hi, welcome back to the May 2nd, 2018 Platinum Reconstructive Surgery Journal Club. My name is Damien Marucci. I'm here with Dr. Represh Singler, and we are talking about the next paper, which is a 20-year experience with 202 segmental mandibulectomy defects, a defect classification system, algorithm for flap selection and surgical outcomes. And uh, this paper is by Cordiero et al. And it is uh, published in the current PRS, um, the April uh, PRS. So um, what was this paper about? In a nutshell, Apresh. Thank you, uh, Damien. So this paper essentially was a, a way for the senior author to revise the existing mandibuli classification system, which he felt was imprecise and lacked simplicity. And he thought that a classification system should be based on the defect size and functional and aesthetic uh, outcomes rather than just uh, the current ones. Uh, they devised a new system described as three types, type one being anterior, type two being the entire hemimandible, and type three, which is a more limited lateral defect, and then denoted a letter system A, B, C, and D, which described the various soft tissue defects with A being no defects, and D being uh, extensive intraoral and skin defects that needed formal reconstructions. Um, his patient, he described his experience with 202 patients over a 20-year period, uh, and the majority of the flaps that were favoured by the senior author were the fibrillosity cutaneous flaps, uh, interestingly the vertical rectus myocutaneous flaps, the sac- uh, scapular osteocutaneous flaps, and the um, radial forearm fascia cutaneous flaps. And you know he's had some really good results. He's had overall complication rate of 13.4 percent. Um, you know, and a zero zero percent flap loss, uh, and uh, which is amazing. Which is amazing. Given that number of flaps, that's really quite a testament to his microsurgical prowess. Anyway, sure. go on. Sorry. And the overall complication rates from these flaps is about 10 percent as well. And what uh, what the main summary from this uh, classification system is that the fibrillosis flap remains a workhorse flap for the majority of uh, cases and when there is a large soft tissue defects described as type 2b or d defects with this classification a, a soft tissue cover with vertical rectus abdominis uh, is actually considered to be sufficient for aesthetic and functional despite no bony reconstruction um, they also described a scapulose cutaneous flaps when there's a large skin defect but a small uh, bony defect such as in type 3 C's and similarly a radial forearm is used when there is a good there's a large intraoral defect and a small soft uh, soft uh, small bony defect such as in type 2 B uh, as the radial forearm skin is quite pliable to reconstruct the pharyngeal wall um, and also they described using the radial forearm as an adjunct for soft tissue coverage when there is an extensive uh, type D defects in all different types. So this, this new classification system uh, is a good system that addresses both bony and more importantly soft tissue, which is I think critical to maximizing the aesthetic and functional outcomes.
Okay. I mean, look, look. I thought this was an amazing paper and uh, obviously, you know, Dr. Cordiero is an expert surgeon. The only question I have is why, just in terms of the numbering, uh, why have one being an anterior defect, two being a hemimandibular defect, or what they call a lateral defect, and then three being a smaller posterior defect. Why not having it, you know, one is anterior, two is posterior, and then three is a lateral defect, which can be a hemimandibular defect. Just so that you know that the main, you know, the major one you're dealing with is going to be a, a, a instead of being a 2D, being a 3D, just think about it conceptually. But, yeah. but I thought this was very interesting. I thought the algorithm was very interesting. We've always been very reluctant to leave patients without a bony reconstruction um, anterior to the mandible. And it was very interesting that uh, he always performs a bony reconstruction for posterior. So these posterior defects all got a bony reconstruction defect with just a sliver of bone using a parascapular flap. Um, whereas the lateral defect, um, he's quite comfortable using just a bulky soft tissue flap, such as a rectus abdominis flap with multiple skin paddles. Um, uh, it's very hard to argue with any of the data in the flap, given uh, the author's extensive experience, uh, which I think is probably unrivaled in the literature. Um, in Melbourne, they certainly do a lot of um, uh, of the iliac crest for uh, mandibular reconstruction, whereas in his series of 200, he only had one iliac crest uh, yeah. flap. Um, but I guess that's, you know, when, when you do an operation as well as what he's doing these operations, why would you um, want to change? Um, mm. This certainly uh, really sets the bar and provides an algorithm uh, and classification, sorry, it provides a classification system which we can use to intelligibly uh, speak to each other about the kinds of reconstructions which we're using for particular types of defects. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more of our podcasts, head to soundcloud.com or subscribe to us on iTunes and search plastic surgery journals remember to like us on facebook and follow us on twitter thanks also to the prs journal team for their ongoing support